What's up, beautiful people? Welcome to the Soul Force Podcast, celebrating nonviolence and the healing power of the arts in action. Here at the Soul Force Project, we work to uplift and inspire creative leadership and change making through diverse world music, education, and art, both here in Los Angeles and around the world. Thanks so much for joining us. My name is Paul Livingstone. I'm a musician, activist, and educator, and this is the first episode of the Soul Force Podcast. Today, we're going to celebrate King Day 2020 by celebrating the idea of MLK as a change-making artist. Martin King is someone whose life and commitment to nonviolence I've studied most of my life. Listening to recordings especially has given me deep inspiration for my own work. He brought truly a combination of a deep and learned intellect with a sincere and humble spirit. The reason I here will simply call him Martin is I would like us to familiarize ourselves with him as someone we can embrace on a personal level, spiritually speaking, that is, that we may know him as a brother. Martin was an ordinary person who did extraordinary things through a dogged determination to live a life of truth and courage. Because of his commitment to the truth, he suffered great turmoil beyond the unimaginable anguish of having his life and the lives of his family members threatened regularly. What many of us don't know is that towards the end of his life, he faced rejection from practically all facets of American society. Many members of the black church and even some leaders of the civil rights movement turned their backs on him as he spoke up against the travesty of the Vietnam War. Of course, this was a time when it was deemed extremely unpatriotic to do so, and many people who loved Martin as a civil rights leader had no interest in seeing him take such a vociferous stance against the war. They would say that it hurt the cause, and they wanted Martin to stay in the box they were comfortable with. Understandably, through all this dissension, Martin dealt with a high level of depression and self-doubt. Yet part of the artistry of his life was his capacity and faith to sustain a visionary purpose while weathering these extraordinary pressures and threats. His belief in soul force, or the power of redemptive love, helped him to overcome the division around him and ultimately face his own fear of death. This was the power of his faith. The night before his assassination on April 4th, 1968, he spoke with the urgency and moral authority of an Old Testament prophet. Martin was there in support of the sanitation workers of Memphis. These hardworking garbage collectors had been underpaid and forced to live in dangerous conditions for many years, to the point where two workers were literally crushed to death by trash compactors. This was four years after the passing of the Civil Rights Act. Once again, a violent and inhumane system of entrenched Southern racism was being challenged by America's most eloquent spoken word artist, Martin, at the edge of his capacity, overworked and exhausted physically and emotionally, kept on the heat as the tireless change maker for justice and equality. In this final performance of his life, if we may call it that, you can almost imagine him prescient of his impending death and speaking from a place of foreboding self-knowledge. Martin utilized powerful biblical metaphors as if they're written 
for that very time and place. Well, I don't know what will happen now. We've got some difficult days ahead. But it really doesn't matter with me now because I've been to the mountaintop. I don't mind. Like anybody, I would like to live a long life. Longevity has its place. But I'm not concerned about that now. I just want to do God's will. And he's allowed me to go up to the mountain. And I've looked over. And I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you. But I want you to know tonight that we as a people will get to the promised land. So I'm happy tonight. I'm not worried about anything. I'm not fearing any man. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. This is the potent example of a change-making artist. The kind of artist who disturbs the status quo and pushes culture forward. A personality who brings traditional elements into the present in new and provocative ways. Martin focused on communicating truth and compelling others towards the moral cognizance of living on the edge of that truth. He cared more about the message than his reputation. This kind of artist's work gives meaning to the present moment, makes us feel more alive, and inspires us to new heights of consciousness. Martin's art was his message, skillfully crafted oratory with a prophetic purpose. This kind of artist brings together disparate knowledge, disciplines, and information into a cohesive vision, giving heightened meaning to the times we live in. This kind of art challenges us and may even bother us, especially when it causes us to struggle with our own beliefs, prejudices, and presuppositions. The truth may irritate us and even infuriate us if our lives have benefited from the hypocrisy and dishonesty of much of the world's shenanigans. The tension that the artist brings to culture is often upsetting by its very nature. Art which challenges the assumptions upon which our fortunes or privileges have been built upon. The moral challenge he spoke so often about was not to make America great again, but to make America what it ought to be, to redeem the soul of America and to reconstruct the whole of American society. But that was too much for the powers that be to accept. And that stance is what he gave his life for. Martin's violent death followed in the footsteps of Jesus, his own spiritual master, and that of Gandhi, his model for transformational politics. Listening to Martin as a musician, I've come to realize that his mastery of the word was wrapped in a musical delivery of his performance. The cadence, emotion, and dynamics of the black church were a deep part of who he was, being of a family lineage of preachers. A good preacher in the black church understands that the congregation is not a passive receptacle to be filled with a message, but a living body through which an interactive, inspirational process was taking place. 
A fusion of many things is realized through the energy shared back and forth between the pulpit and the people. For Martin, it was his history, identity, philosophy and morality, psychology and emotion, all encapsulated in a deep spirituality and delivered with a masterful musicality. All of this made Martin the artist so powerful. Whether as a preacher in his home church of Atlanta, as a civil rights movement leader on the National Mall in D.C., or as a critic of the Vietnam War in the Riverside Church in New York City, Martin was the messenger as he embodied the message. He fused the stories of our collective consciousness in the present moment with a challenging, inspiring vision of the future, one which we had not yet realized but could envision as the promised land. With a probing intellect and deep understanding of theology, philosophy, and human nature, he brought the methods of nonviolent resistance forward to the masses and displayed them on the TV screens of America as he led his people and all Americans in a revolution of values. Sometimes, I think we need to be reminded of the courage that took to face the fire hoses, the police dogs, the threats, the beatings, and the determination to go on with nonviolence even after the murder of impassioned activists like Megger Evers and the church bombings that killed four young black girls in Birmingham. To talk about Martin as an artist, we should consider not the literal works of art, music, painting, poems, dance, books. A change-making artist is someone who creates a vision that has not been seen before. Martin was a true visionary artist. To define a change-making artist, we may recognize it as someone who challenges our capacity for truth in the present using accepted traditional cultural avenues of self-expression. Martin often talked about conflict as a positive force and would criticize the narratives of those who called for peace but failed to understand the reason behind the tension. It is through the tension that we must go, outside of our comfort zone, with the courage to journey true north on our own moral compass. As we peer honestly into the legacies of white supremacy, slavery and genocide, and its modern stepchildren, racialized mass incarceration, police killings, poverty and voter suppression, only then may we get beyond this pernicious negative peace to a positive peace which feels just and right for all Americans. Martin was willing to ride the tension to wherever it may lead us. But as he rode, he insisted to always cling to what Gandhi referred to as the greatest power in the universe, nonviolence. Martin understood that brute force can overpower an enemy, but this love force, this soul force, is the only power capable of transforming an enemy into a friend and an ally. Change-making redemptive art synthesizes the provocative ideas of the urgent social issues of our time. It creates visions that are fresh and meaningful. And when we experience this with the passion of a charismatic presentation, it can move our hearts into action. The tension and the dynamics of the art push us to test new points of view, and fight for the critical change we need. The change-making artist often takes us into our discomfort zone. People talk about being within their comfort zone as if it's some form of self-care. But is it ultimately good for us to play safe, to stay comfortable, and to avoid change? 
It's easier, but is it good for your community, for your family, for your world? Embracing our discomfort zone with the ideas and art that brings tension to our notions of safety and place helps us to reach the capacity to ask the hard questions. Is this tension leading us towards some personal or societal change through which I may lose privilege or advantage, but brings benefit to a wider range of people? Does embracing these difficult truths foster a wider perspective of justice? Does it promote the healing of our humanity and our ecosystem and the possibility of a future life on this planet? Now is the time where we need to think through this creatively and critically. We must ask one another if it is time to leave our comfort zones before it's too late. Martin was a great model for us in this way. Look at the way he listened and considered others' viewpoints, even when he may have disagreed with them. Learning from those we disagree with is not comfortable at all, but it's a powerful way to get closer to the truth and to be a more compelling voice. Martin was always listening to the pulse of culture. He was meeting with young people who disagreed with him and his nonviolent tactics and trying to learn and grow and change for the sake of the truth. How would he expect to influence the Stokely Carmichaels and others who were rejecting nonviolence if he did not meet with them, listen, and seek first to understand their perspectives? Now, the question for us today is, will we listen? We must value these prophetic voices that call us to reorder our priorities to ones that redeem the future of the American story and the world. Redemptive creativity reminds us that there are no throwaway people and that the whole of creation is a wonder to respect and behold. Around the world, there are beautiful stories of soul force being told and lived out. These are the narratives which last, the stories that transform who we are and renew our hearts and minds from hopelessness to hopefulness. We live in a world of rampant anxiety and young people are looking for ways to be connected and have a purpose. Today we must discover new reasons to hope for the future. Hope gives us the courage to act even when the odds seem piled up against us. Perhaps today, planting those seeds of hope in our own circles of influence is a moral imperative. Let's do this for the generations of young people, the billions that must take the future into their own hands. Many of them are already leading, for instance, in the climate struggle, and we need to listen, support them, and amplify their positive change-making visions. Part of Martin's artistry was his ability to see through the critical issues of empowerment, dignity, and equality for black America, and beyond that, to a vision that redeems the soul of America. That is why he cannot stop or rest as a civil rights leader. For this, he paid a great cost in his popularity and perceived relevance, as he was almost universally attacked for condemning the war effort. Yet he continued to press on, true to his vision, standing up to what he saw as the triple evils of racism, poverty, and militarism, which he saw as intractably connected. Again, Thinking like an artist, he was putting together issues from the past to realize truth in the present and create new meaning for our collective future. Martin the preacher 
Martin the activist, the civil rights leader, the public intellectual, the prophet, the friend of the poor, the interfaith peacemaker, the internationalist, always the student of life, Martin was truly an artist. You see, this kind of artist will always surprise you, disturb you, and push you to see beyond where you may even want to go. The role of the artist in society is cultural, of course. For culture to move forward and not perish, we must learn deeply from the traditions, then die to those things which we know we must bury, and push forward into deeper truths that the artists of life, like Martin, bring to us. The alternative is self-congratulatory art, ego-based and stagnant, and it is reduced to mere knowledge and skill. It is true that skill and tradition are critical as foundational values for art, but when they are left as sacrosanct, they can become idols unto themselves. Human civilization grows as we push our traditions to new and higher ground, leaving behind the superstitions of art frozen in time and embrace that which serves us in the here and now for our whole society, spiritually, emotionally, and socially. The result is we become more as individuals and as a society, as our culture is alive, thriving, and growing, and becoming who we are meant to be. As Martin fused the essence of the social gospel of Jesus and the methods and tactics of Gandhi, he brought this radical love to the forefront of minds in America. He did it with the focus, commitment, and accuracy of a surgeon pinpointing a moral cancer in our body politic. My favorite book to recommend is a collection of his sermons he rewrote for the page called Strength to Love. And for the listener, I recommend listening to the audio of his sermons, which are maybe not as famous as his iconic speeches, but are profoundly inspirational. It's through the art of Martin's very musical oratory that I've been brought to tears on many occasions. I think scholar and activist Vincent Harding summarizes Martin's call so well in his book, Martin Luther King, The Inconvenient Hero, expressing this. This task will take all the creativity, all the courage, all the life force we can give with audacious thinking and organizing towards that which has never existed, a spiritually based life-giving revolution. The 21st century is a time where we must think on a global scale and catch up to Martin's vision. May his life and faith and commitment inspire us to know truth, to create a vision that goes beyond what we deem as possible. Like Vincent just reminded us, courage is what it takes the courage to stumble and fall and get up again in the knowledge that we must move on. It is in this beautiful struggle that we find meaning and purpose and joy and can make our own lives a work of art.